welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. So welcome back. Yeah. Yes, welcome back to Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. And that's a lot about what we're gonna talk about today. Mm -hmm. right? I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. <laughs> and we are really <laughs> excited to be here again and that you joined us again. Um, as we mentioned in our previous podcast, this is the holiday season that we're recording in. And so you'll see the background kind of reflects that. Um, but we know that we're airing this sometime after the holidays, but we're just happy to be able to have these conversations with you. Today, our focus is going to be, will you stand up when no one else will? Ooh. That's a really tough question, yeah. right? It's hard. It's hard when we have to stand up and advocate or, you know, stand up for someone or, you know, just sort of say that, you know, this is wrong, whatever yep. is happening here. Mm -hmm. It's a really tough position to be in. Yeah. So let's give you a little bit of background. We met one another working mm -hmm. at the state level in education mm -hmm. and hit it off. Like, you, you know, we're like, it's my girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's so cool. Like, she's just so cool. And, you know, we hit it off really well. Mm -hmm. And we had an opportunity to partner. We weren't in the same offices, but we had an opportunity to yeah. partner around issues of equity in the workplace. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, she's sharp. She's sharp. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I really like how she thinks. She was a great thought partner. And I'm like, you know, when we were beginning to, you know, think about the idea of leaving the state. Yeah. You know, it was just, it just made sense for me to like partner yeah. with Erica. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so sweet. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> because the truth is at the department, you know, there was nobody else talking or even leading the work in equity outside of <clears throat> Tanya Breland. Mm. And so it was so exciting to really have the opportunity to just really one, think about equity, mm -hmm. right? Because even working on a local level, I think we all saw patterns mm -hmm. in, you mm -hmm. know, with our, with our students, with um, some of the outcomes and- Because we're educators. Because we're educators <laughs> and some of the things that we were seeing, but there wasn't anything that was really being done about it, Not especially really. on a systemic level. Not really. So there were pockets of excellence with teachers right, right. and pockets of activity with, with school leaders, but there wasn't really a systemic effort. And yeah. so to be working together at the state level and say, let's take a look at systems was really exciting. And that work was really started by Tanya Breland here. <laughs> Thank so you. that was really great. And so talk about sharp. You think <laughs> I'm sharp? Because <laughs> you are. <laughs> she is the truth. So, you know, it was interesting. When I first started there, I remember asking the question, who does the equity work around here? And I started, I literally was going around asking people. Mm. And, you know, they said, okay, well, there's one lady, you know, who works in this mm -hmm. office and mm -hmm. she primarily does stuff like, you know, just with that office. 
And I would see the lady in the bathroom or in the elevator and I would, you know, say, oh, we've got to get together. I'd love to talk to you to hear more about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then she died, like literally, mm -hmm. like she passed away after doing a training, you know, and, you know, God rest her soul. Yes, I remember. You remember hearing yes, that? Yes, I remember her. Yeah, and so yes. I never had that opportunity to talk mm -hmm. to her. But initially, mm -hmm. when I was, you know, going around trying to find out who does the equity work, yeah. and then she passes away, and, of course, mm -hmm. there was no one who yeah. rose to say, we do this, or our office does this, or... And at first, I was thinking, well, I need to ask permission yeah. if I can, you know, do this work. And I'm like... I don't want to ask permission. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, and, and ultimately I'm like, I just need to do this work because yeah. this is the work that needs to be done. And I was positioned, you know, where I could do the work. So here's a really important thing. Think about how, you know, who you are in the organization where you work and what kind of influence do you have? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to put that out there because Sometimes we don't realize that we are in a position to be able to yeah. do something that might be groundbreaking or, you know, may create some major change. And so here we're working at the state level, which means, you know, as you said, this is a system. So all of the other school districts in the entire state have to answer yes. to this, mm -hmm. you know, state mm -hmm. um, education you know, organization. And, you know, all of the regulations and the laws, you know, mm -hmm. they all stem from this organization That's where right. we were working. That's right. Which means that we have an opportunity to create change. That's right. And so here I'm looking, you know, our title today is, you know, will you stand up when no one else will? Well, no one was standing up for, I mean, there were people maybe in pockets yes. who were doing this in pockets, but mm -hmm. no one like systemically was saying, I'm going to stand up and make some changes. Yeah. One of the things I, re <clears throat> I realized about um, when we started that work, when you started that work and I kind of joined in, I was an early adopter mm -hmm. um, in terms <laughs> of change management, but in almost every office, definitely every division, there was someone that said, yeah, I recognize the inequities and it's been troubling me and plaguing me and I didn't know what to do about it because the truth is, in most organizations, what you do here affects what other people do in other places. Right. And so we were able to kind of bring everybody together and right. say, right. we recognize that there are inequities. What are we going to do mm -hmm. about it? And mm -hmm. I really think that that was probably the first time that um, that particular agency had a team like that mm -hmm. across offices, because mm -hmm. very often, like you said, when you got there, it was like one person mm -hmm. and she was in one office, mm -hmm. you know, and there wasn't sort of this coordinated effort throughout the, the agency to work in, in this area. Right. So the fact right. that you were positioned to say, let's bring everybody throughout together. this system together to have a conversation about what are we going to do. I think that was really impactful. But initially it was kind of organic. So I was charged with the task of creating a conference that was statewide. Mm -hmm. And it hadn't been done before by this organization, or if it had been, no one had yeah. the historical mm -hmm. knowledge to be able to say this, this happened back in 19-whatever. Yeah. And so <clears throat> when, when given that charge, I wasn't given parameters except that it needed to be an in-person event this was 
you know, prior to the mm -hmm. pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I sat down with a group of educators um, who were honored educators across the state. And they came together and we were talking about, you know, what should the focus and the theme be for this statewide conference? And in my head, I'm thinking it needs to be on equity. Like mm. we need to be talking about mm -hmm. equity because historically the students who have done the worst, not just in our state, but this is a national phenomenon. Yeah. So in this country, the students who have done the worst academically, who've had the worst academic outcomes, not that that's the only measure of success, which is a whole nother story and another conversation, <laughs> but the students who are on the bottom are black students. Yes. Period. Yes, period. Across yes. this country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this has been an issue for decades, and yet nobody was talking about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought we should do mm -hmm. something about it. Yeah. it was, there was no sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. But for me, as a black woman, as a black mother, now grandmother, <laughs> you know, it, to me it was really critical mm -hmm. that this be an issue that we're talking about sure. on some level. And not just for black students, but there were, you know, the um, Latino students, mm -hmm. Latinx students, mm -hmm. um, special education mm -hmm. students, almost always on the bottom, English language learners. Mm -hmm. You know, so these were, these were issues that students every single day, you know, were facing in their classrooms and in their schools and in their districts, but nobody was talking about it. Yeah, and we knew it. Right. We had the data yes. that said um, as evidence that these students, um, as she just mentioned, were being marginalized, not just academically, but socially right. as well. So we knew that. We knew that that was occurring. And like you said, there was no, it was just something that was this is just how it this is. This is just how it is. This is just how mm -hmm. it is. It got to the point where I don't think people even heard it anymore. Nope. I don't think they heard it anymore. And no. so to have the forum to be able to, to one, learn about it, but then say, now that we know about it, what are we going to do, gonna do about it? That right. was really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, you know, going back to that meeting with this, these group of honored educators, mm -hmm. you know, we're tossing around these ideas. And in my head, I always knew what I wanted. And so I just planted seeds and mm -hmm. I started planting seeds to the point, and, and I think there might have been, of the honored educators in the room, um, there might have been one person of color, I believe, mm -hmm. maybe two. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember specifically mm -hmm. that first meeting. And the rest were, were white educators. Mm -hmm. um, but after having these conversations, we came to a consensus that we need to be focused on educational equity. Mm. That was the problem. and yeah. that. Um, that needed solving yeah. and that needed attention. So that organic, you know, conversation that led to this conference that now was focused around educational equity gave schools in our state permission to talk about something they had not been talking hmm. about. Yeah. And that was really, I mean, I, I remember that conference. And I, I remember sort of what came out of that conference mm. because very often you go to conferences and it's like, okay, this information is really good. Maybe there are a few things that you might implement, like I picked up this strategy or I picked up, picked up this approach. But I think that out of that conference came what next? Okay, yes. now that we did yes. this, what are we going to do? Yes. And 
I don't know that I had really experienced that before. Yeah, you know? and it created some momentum yes. around this issue of educational yes. equity. Yes. So then we were able to go back internally into this or into the organization where we were working, and we had the opportunity at that point to now say, we need to look at this systemically. Yeah. And so you know, we put out a call to like the entire organization of which there were maybe 700 people who worked there. Mm -hmm. And we got a response initially of maybe a couple dozen or so, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. two to three dozen people who said, hey, yeah. I would love to be a part of this conversation mm -hmm. because we've got a lot of inequities, we, yeah. you know, that starts internally, let alone what, you know, what was going on in terms of what was outward facing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we started then you know, having conversations internally about like, what are we going to do about this system right. that, you know, puts out these regulations and mm -hmm. rules for school districts to follow, and some of them may not be equitable. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point <laughs> about like, so where do you start, right? right? So you see, you see a problem, um, you see a persistent issue in mm -hmm. this area, you're seeing patterns, the data shows you that there are some people um, who share characteristics that are not being served or being underserved. Right. So where do you start? You know, what do you, what do, you do? Maybe you're a professional level, you know, employee. Maybe you're administrative. Maybe you're a leader. Like, where do you start? And I think where you started, um, so everybody can't do a statewide conference, but you can start having conversations, mm -hmm. right? You can say, like, does anybody else want to talk about this? Mm -hmm. You know, does anybody else see what I'm seeing? And then start to have that conversation there. It might be a really good place to, to start, you know, in your agency or your organization. Mm -hmm. No, you're yeah. right. And, and that's kind of what we had to do. Yeah. Um, but I will say, at least with that particular um, administration and leadership, we did have support. Yes. And so... Yeah. You know, admit, having leadership support is probably really important, if, especially if you're in an organization where you can create some systemic change. Yes. Um, without that support, yeah. you're kind of making noise, mm -hmm. um, and it may not get you the movement that you need. So, you know, another first step is how do you garner the support of your leadership. Mm -hmm. So I was a leader, but I was like kind of middle management mm -hmm. leadership. I wasn't at the top of leadership, mm -hmm. but I did have the respect yeah. of, of the top leadership. And I yeah. think that's why I was, you know, given permission, if mm -hmm. you will, to be able to make some moves. Yeah. And so, you know, not everybody is in that same situation. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, mm -hmm. okay, so now what if you are part of support staff, you know, and you see these inequities existing you know, at your level yeah. and above. Yeah. How then do you generate conversation and action towards creating change? How do you do that? I think that's a good question. So if you're support staff or maybe you're entry level professional or whatever it is, I think there is probably somebody maybe that you're reporting to. Mm -hmm. I think maybe start, I would start there. In addition to having the conversation amongst colleagues, I think I would also you know, talk to the person that you report to. Um, years ago, when I worked for the same agency, I just remember there was like, morale was so low. Like we were really mm -hmm. struggling. And a, 
um, one of the support staff came up and said, I think we should have a holiday party. I know it sounds really weird, but I think everybody would really like one. And they brought it to me, and I hadn't really thought about it, but at the time, as probably same kind of middle management leader, like I did have access. And mm -hmm. so I was really able to kind of get the support from the leadership. They were very happy about it and they were supportive. And I don't mean to denigrate this conversation at all, but they, but the support staff had access to me who in turn had access to, you know, the executive staff. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, maybe if you don't have that capital, um, you know, in that organization, maybe you talk to somebody who does and, you know, bring them on, at, you know, have the conversation, tell them what you're noticing, tell them what your concerns are. They might share the same concern and maybe you kind of brainstorm together about, you know, you know, somebody in executive leadership that you can talk to to get that support. So you bring up something, you mentioned capital. So I would love to hear you kind of expand a little bit upon like, you know, what do you mean by that? And not only what do you mean by that, but like, you know, when is that even an issue? And that's a good question. So <laughs> when I think about capital, you know, we think about capital in general societies in terms of what we spend, right? And so I think of capital as sort of like the access and the privilege that you have in this space, right? Mm -hmm. So that then I can spend that, that gives me access or it gives me privileges in a certain way. That's good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then I can kind of navigate and get, you know, um, kind of what I need to get or maybe even what I, what I want to get. So, you know, the capital that I just gave in my scenario was, you know, um, because I was a director, I had access to the leadership. That was my capital. So the person who came to me with their concerns, their capital was having access to me, right? So Tanya, when you were talking in your, your scenario, the capital that you had was really along the same lines. You had the access mm -hmm. to, that, to that leadership. And keep in mind that what happens is you know, people are selective about what they spend their capital on, mm. right? We all have it. We all have access to something, somebody, some information. We have something, but we're really particular about what we spend our capital on. When I was younger, we were, listen, I have four brothers and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm second to the youngest. And so my dad, right, he was like, just like, he was tough, right? He's a tough guy. Um, but so if we asked him something, it had to be important. So if my, if my brother came and said, why don't you, cause I was the only girl. So they would try to put me up to things like <laughs> you ask daddy, you know? And so we would say, they would say, why don't you ask daddy if, if we can, um, you know, go outside. I'm like, uh, no, cause I'm going to ask him for something this weekend. So I'm not spending my capital on that. I'm not spending, you know, so like that was, that was like that capital. Right. So, um, and I think we all have it in, in, in different ways. So I'm sorry. That's a long no, answer. I think it's great. No, this is really good. No, that was, that was good because I think what happens, people are afraid to risk capital. Yes. So, you know, and, and by the way, I was a new, um, member of this organization, mm -hmm. not member, mm -hmm. but new employee at mm -hmm. this organization. And, you know, I was a little bit unsure yeah. of, you know, how people were going to receive me. Yeah. 
trying to kind of push the envelope and do something that no one else was doing. Yeah. Um, and so I risked losing capital, yeah. which I didn't lose, by the way. Um, but I think what happens when we talk about this question, like who will stand up when no one else will? Yeah. I think there are people who are afraid to stand up mm -hmm. or afraid to do something when they see inequities happen because they fear that they may lose capital yeah. amongst their peers or amongst, you know, with the position that they have yes. in an organization mm -hmm. or the respect that they have. Yes. You know, if you're going to bring up this controversial topic, then, you know, you might not have friends yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's really good. <laughs> I mean, think about how we are when we're with our friends, right? Think mm -hmm. about how you might be with a friend and they say something that's inappropriate in whatever way. It's tough to even stand up and say, I think that that's wrong or I think that's inappropriate or because you risk capital with that person. Right. You risk the acceptance, right? Because now it's like, maybe I, I won't be accepted. Maybe I'll be, you know, um, I think about sometimes some of the things I've heard around the dinner table, like in extended family, and it's just like, oh, yikes, I can't believe <laughs> that person just said that, you know. Ooh. And so do I have the, the agency, the voice, you know, to kind of step in and say, I, you know, I, I really think that's wrong. Right. And so, but, but you risk acceptance because if I say something, you know, how will it be received? And will I be allowed back into this circle? Mm -hmm. You know, will I be accepted back into the circle? And I think that's really right. When I challenge. start making waves, that's right. Right. That's right. You know, that's right. Will I be invited back? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And that, mm -hmm. that's the key. So then a lot of it has to do with your own like personal, like fortitude, yeah. Yeah. you know, and courage, mm -hmm. you know, like, do I have the courage to be able to stand up for what is right? Yeah. Um, do I have the courage? And if we think about the civil rights movement, now we're not, old enough mm -hmm. to have participated right. in the civil rights movement, but we read about it. Sure. Um, and our parents may have talked about mm -hmm. it. And so when we think about the people who, in, in particular, now we did see this when George Floyd was murdered. Yes, yeah. So we saw people across races coming together to stand in protest against police brutality yeah. against black, the black community. And so, you know, that happened in the civil rights movement, but there were you know, some white people back then who risked capital yeah. and their lives, yeah. quite honestly, mm -hmm. to stand up for the rights of people of color. Yeah. And they did it in a time and in an era where that was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so here we are today, 2000, nearly 23. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. it will be 23 when this Very airs. <laughs> and, you know, in you know 2023 and people are still afraid to yeah. risk capital to stand up for what's right mm -hmm. and you know and so it's like when you think about society and what's wrong in society and why society is where it is somebody has to be willing to say this is not good this is not right yes. this needs to change yes. you know and will that be you yeah that's a good, that's a really good question. And I think that that's a, that's a great challenge. It you is. Know, will it, will it be you? Yeah. You know, if not you, who? Right. Okay. Right. right. Exactly. And so when we think about that, you know, we really think about, you know, who are our heroes in society? You know, who, who are the heroes? Who are the people that, that we celebrate? And, you know, I just celebrate people who stand up and say, you know, I, this is wrong. 
Yeah. This is wrong and something needs to change. Yeah. And let's talk about how, you know, how we change that. And I think the other thing that you'll find is that sometimes it just takes one. Like I used to tell, especially when my kids were in middle school, middle school is such a tough time. It is. It is a reason why I couldn't teach it. Same. Sorry. I don't have that <laughs> gift. But, you know. I that, did. I did teach it. Did. And I, I hated it. I taught it in, in, as a student teacher, it almost broke me. I don't, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I just remember, I would, you know, I was, I taught for, this was my first year of teaching, and I taught middle school, and seventh grade, oh, I hated it. And I, all I remember was like, today the kids would come to school like, oh, Mrs. Breland, I love you, you're so wonderful. And they would go home, and they would come back, I can't stand you. And they would put an expletive behind class. it. And it's like, Wait a minute, what did I do? Hormones. I knew it wasn't for me. So, okay, so your kids were in middle school. Go back to your story. Well, they would just just come with um, challenges that they had, like socially, and I would say, I bet if you said, this is wrong, or don't talk to that person like that, or I bet if you stood up, somebody else in that space would stand up too. Right. Somebody else in that space recognizes whatever injustice has happened, mm-hmm. that this is wrong. Somebody else there has had the same epiphany or revelation that you have had. And so it only takes one person to speak up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would do it and they would say, you know, mommy, I, I did and you were right. Yeah. You know, this person stood up and said that, you know, we can't do this. And, 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 and that's a great thing, right? And I think we all take that same lesson too. Sometimes it just takes one person to say, you know, this is not right, mm-hmm. and this cannot continue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. who's with me in terms mm-hmm. of making change? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes that one person. And what I will ask is, you know, is that really so hard? Is what it? do you think? No, I don't think it is that I hard. I don't think so either. No, because I think about if I had not taken that stand and said, we need to be talking about educational yeah. equity in this space, yeah. if I hadn't done that, no one, we would be here today, no one would be talking about That's it, right. not in our state. That's right. They wouldn't we, be talking about that it. That equity conference went on for three years. Three years we straight. Three years. Yeah. And internally in the department, we had a, um, a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. In that agency, we had a town hall meeting where it wasn't an external audience, it was just us. Yes. What are our issues? How can we address that? And what does that mean? in this space right and even let's look at the historical context so we can understand why we've been why we're in this place right now where people feel othered yes where they feel like they don't belong they feel like they've been discriminated against Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just people of color women were feeling that way you know um, people from the LGBTQ community were feeling that way and we were saying hey let's stand up here and let's do something about this yeah and, you know, you can be the change that you want to see if you take the step, the courage, make the effort, and do something that nobody else is doing. I think that's great. I think that's great. So we are actually on all social media outlets. We're on LinkedIn. We're on we're on Instagram. You know, when you take that step, let us know. We'd be really interested to hear, like, you know, what your journey was and you know, what you were, um, what your frustrations were and what your concerns were and even what you did. We'd love to hear some of your stories and, and, and some of your successes. I think that would be great.
Yes, so thank you for joining us yeah. again. I'm Tanya. I'm Erica. And we're very happy that you were able to join us. Thank you.